Thank you, Jesus. A raging tempest. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is pressed this morning, Jesus. Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the grace to come into your presence this morning. Thank you, Lord, because this is the day that you have made. Lord, you are causing us to rejoice and be glad in today. And so, Father, we are grateful. We are grateful for the gift of life this morning. We are grateful for the gift of your mercies. We are grateful for the blessing of entering your presence. We are grateful for the privilege of calling you Father. Be glorified forevermore as the ancient of days. We glorify you this morning as I am, as Yahweh, as Jehovah. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we come into your presence because we know your word says everyone that comes, everyone that tests for you, Lord, you will satisfy. So, Lord, we come this morning because we know we will find you. We ask, Lord, that you will quench our thirst this morning. We ask this morning that you will help us to know you better and better in the mighty name of Jesus. As we read our Bibles again today, grant us wisdom, grant us understanding in your word. Help us learn the lessons we need to learn and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Ayenike. All right, we continue our reading and study of the book of Revelations. Yesterday, we read chapter 2, which was the first part of, of part of part 2. Okay, so today we'll read chapter 3. Okay, chapter 3 completes part 2 of, of the book of, of Revelation. And um, remember that in chapter, one, in chapter 2, or the first part of, um, of part 2, we saw the letters sent to the first four churches, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira. Ephesus church, we said it was a church that had backslidden and Jesus was asking them to, to, to wake up. In fact, I think it is the saddest church, the church that is in Sardis, that is the one that really needs to wake up because they, were, they are the dead church, the church we call the dead church. The church in Smyrna was the persecuted church, was the one church was not doing much wrong, but Jesus was telling them to hold on to the end. The church in Pergamum was the church that had allowed you know, adultery to enter the church. Um, many people say that, look, this relates to the age of the church where um, things began to to unravel when it comes to Christianity as different teachings began to enter the church. And then you have this church, the church in Thyatira, which is the corrupt, we call this the corrupt church. Okay, the church that allowed themselves to be corrupted by the world. 
So today we'll read chapter 3, like I said, and we are reading about the three remaining churches, the church in Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Okay? So please get your Bibles. Let's read this morning. Remember that we are using both the preteris style of interpretation and the dispensationist style of interpretation. The preteris or the contemporary style of interpretation says that these letters are sent to just these churches, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Okay? And of course, the lessons were sent to them. But the dispensationist simply says that, look, this letter was sent to them. However, we can learn our lessons from them today. Not only that, they also reveal different errors, okay, different errors of the church. And today we are going to agree together whether the time we are living in, I believe that one of this church age is the period where Jesus will return again. Okay, so we would agree which of the church age, I think not necessarily arranging chronological order. That's one of the, the lessons I have learned. I haven't studied ch- chapters two and three, that the seven letters were not sent necessarily in chronological order. But for whatever reason, they are arranged this way. All right, please get your Bibles. Let's read the message to the church in Sardis. The church in Sardis is the church we call the dead church. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold, the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. He has them. He has the sevenfold spirit of God. The sevenfold spirit of God is just telling us the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit. Okay? The sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. We know the seven stars represents the seven church, the seven, the pastors of the seven churches. Okay? Says, I know all the things you do. Again, Jesus' statement, I know, I know, I know. I know all the things you do. And that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Okay, what a terrible, um, let me not say, let me not say, um, terrible statement, but what a shocking and jaw dropping statement. Jesus tells them, I know all the things that you are doing, and you have a reputation, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Now, Sardis was a city, the city they called the impregnable city. Um, almost no one had ever been able to take the city of the city of Sardis until until the Romans came along. Okay, so they have this confidence in the, the city itself. Apart from the people, they have this confidence in themselves that no one can touch them. And I'm telling you, that culture had also flowed flowed into into the church, so that they have a sense, they have a reputation of being. They are okay. Whereas Jesus says, you are dead. Verse 2, wake up, strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. And I think this is the church that Jesus uses the, the most, you know, the ashes words for. He says, wake up, wake up, 
strengthen what little remains. You have just little. Um, you are almost dead. Say, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of God. <laughs> so, for those who think God does not have requirements, God has requirements. <laughs> God has standards. God has standards to measure us against. Okay? So, God, Jesus is telling them that, look, you do not meet the requirements that God is has set. Remember that our requirement is love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind and strength, and love your neighbor as, your, as, as yourself. But this church had grown to the point where they thought they don't need they don't need anybody. Okay, so a big warnings for us, very very big warnings for us. Don't don't be like this church, church of pretenders. Okay, who think that they are okay? They think that they are okay, and you see the reasons. You will see the reasons why. Why very 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 shortly. Says so go back to. Um, it says I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Old to it firmly. So this is the church who can say they are backslidden. Okay? They were not only dead, they had totally given up on Christ. For him to tell them to go back to what they had in the beginning, which was the beginning of when they became born again. <laughs> It says, Old to it firmly, repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, hmm, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Hmm. So, there are those who say the saddest church is the church that will be around when Jesus returns. Okay, so I do not, I do not agree. I think I will reserve that for the Philadelphia church. But that church that feels that they are okay, okay, they are okay. They don't need, they don't need anything. They are okay. Jesus tells them, no, you have a reputation of being alive, but you are actually dead. You need to wake up, repent, and turn to me again. If not, I will come on you, and it will be as unexpectedly as a thief in the night. It says, yet there are some in the church, the church in Sardis, who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen. To the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches <laughs> okay so a few questions begin to come up from what jesus says to them number one jesus in in my mind i feel that this was a threat because jesus tells them all who are victorious will be clothed in white and i will never erase their names from the book of life so the question I, I don't know if Jesus was telling them, look, for those who are clothed in white, that I will not really, I will never erase their names from the book of life. Does that mean that 
some names can be erased from the book of life let's think together this morning what do you think i think yes <laughs> so for those who have lied to the church <laughs> that won't save ever save nothing can happen to you just live your life in fact you can give your life to jesus turn around now and continue to live your life and on that day uh, the fact you gave your life to jesus will speak for you okay <laughs> Uh, let me not say continue because it will just be terrible. You will find out too. You will find out too too late. Okay. So very importantly, I say names can be erased from the book of life, and that's why Jesus says, "I will never erase their names." Okay. It will not make any sense for Him to say that I will never erase their names if names cannot be erased from the book of life. Okay. Now, Sadis also is one of the only church. Where, you know, um, in a sense, um, the church had allowed so much of everything that we have seen idolatry, the Jews, the synagogue of, of Satan, the Nicolaitans, you know, Jezebel, you know, those, those who were corrupting the church, the teachings of Balaam, Balaam, false prophets. The saddest church is a church that allowed everyone. To come in because they felt they were impregnable and no one could touch them okay and i think that's big lessons for us the bible says that we should take it okay that we that we are standing lest we fall if we think that nothing can trip us off we will find out very soon that it is possible for us you know to fall so my lessons the lessons i take from this church is Jesus' warning, warning to them. Wake up. Are you sleeping this morning? Wake up. Are you taking your Christian faith for granted? Wake up. Do you think I am strong? I am strong. No one can touch me. My, my, my faith is set in stone. Wake up. Don't be like the church in Sardis. Hallelujah. Let's move on to the church in Philadelphia. Verse 7. It says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. So when Jesus says he has the keys of David, remember that God promised David with an oath that someone from his line was going to come and of course be the messiah jesus is confirming that he fulfills he fulfills that prophecy jesus is the keys of david is the one that has the right you know to close and no one can open and when he opens no one can close okay very 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 powerful title he says i know all the things you do again jesus says i know I have opened a door for you that no one can close. Mm? I have opened a door for you no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obey my word and did not deny me. Okay, so this was a, ch- a church that was weak in a, in, a, in a sense of it. Compared to the word, this church was now very weak. They had very little strength. But Jesus acted acknowledge them here that they still obeyed him he said yet you obeyed my word and did not deny deny me he says look 
I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogues, the synagogue of Satan, talking about the Jews, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. So this is the church that in their time, Christianity was going to be, was even though they, they were weak, God says, I will place an open door before the, before you. And this was going to be the church that was going to thrive so much that they were going to become more popular than, 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 than the Jewish nation. Okay? It says, they will acknowledge that you are the ones. In everyone's eyes, people will see that this church or Christianity is the one that he loves. Then it says, because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the old world to test those who belong to this world. So Jesus is giving them expo or insight into specific events that was going to come. So the question is whether this was going to be, um, or this is the announcement, or Jesus is telling them of the rapture or the tribul the time of the tribulation let me put it like that he says because you have obeyed me let me read again verse 10 you have obeyed my command to persevere i will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the old world to test those who belong to this world okay so it's either you read that as the time of the tribulation that was about to come was going to be a time of testing because there are many who will be left behind yes many christians will be left behind and then the jews that have rejected jesus for so long will eventually accept him as their messiah he said that look he was going to protect them from that great from that great time how else would that, prote that protection come okay so one of the ways scholars agree the rapture okay the rapture god takes away the church from this time that is coming and that's why i feel that the philadelphia church you know is the church that will be around before the rapture comes there will be a church that has little strength yet they are even more popular than than the jewish than the jewish nation since i am coming soon this is the words jesus tells them and that's why i say again that this is the church that will be around when the rapture happens i am coming soon hold on to what you have hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown hmm. hold on to what you have all who are victorious will become will become pillars in the temple of my god and they will never have to leave it and i will write on them the name of my god and they will be citizens in the city of my God. I say again, this is for me, just describe those who will go with the rapture. This is uh, the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, that comes down from heaven from my, from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what, what, understand what he is saying to the churches okay now so what advice can i take from this church in philadelphia so even though this church has little strength jesus tells them hold on to what you have 
hold on to what you have. Okay, so the rapture will meet this church. That's what I think. And I feel that this church represents the church age in which we are living in right now. Hold on to what you have. Hold on to what you have. Don't take for granted. Just look at the state of the church today. God has placed before us an open door that no one can shut. God has given us, given the church almost everything, even though we are little in strength, we are not as powerful as, you know, the churches, the church aid that have been before us. So with little strength, we are accomplishing so much. Yet, God tells them, Jesus tells them here, hold on to what you have. I pray oh, that you will not you will not take part in this time of testing. Yes, you will escape because Jesus says, I will protect you. You will escape with the rapture in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So finally, we read the, the last church, the message to the church in Laodicea. And the, this church is the church we call the lukewarm church. It says, write this message to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen. The one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. is the beginning of God's creation, not because he himself was created, but the fact that everything was created through him. Yes, Jesus, the word of God. He says, the faithful and true witness, the one who witnessed the whole of creation, he is the faithful and true witness the beginning of God's of God's new creation. I say again, I hope you notice how Jesus just gives each of the churches a tip or a part of the revelation about himself. So listen this morning, no church, however, however big they are, however great the revelation that they preach, there is no church that has the total revelation on Jesus Christ. No church. However close we walk with him, there is none. I think that's what Revelation chapter 2 and 3, you know, tells us. Jesus gives to each church a, rev a part of the revelation about himself. And I think it is intentional, okay, to make us humble, to keep us grounded. So, Acknowledge this morning that you don't know everything. Eh? Those who think they know everything, they know all the sides of God. They know everything about the revelation of working with God. They tend to miss it. Okay, you don't know everything. Uh, that will humble you. That will help you accept your brother. That, that those who can't fellowship or relate with anyone else apart from those within their even their their own congregation. And that's, that's a big shame. There are seven churches, seven different churches here, you know, across the ages of the church, you know, and each one of them has only a revelation, a part, a part of who, of the knowledge of who Jesus truly is. Okay, let's read about the church in Laodicea. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. He says, I know all the things you do. 
that you are neither old or you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were you were one or the other. So there have been quite a few churches that were cold. The sad church, the saddest church is cold, almost dead. <laughs> Jesus told them. Jesus said, Look, I actually prefer, I don't like lukewarmness. I actually prefer is either you are hot or you are cold. Eh? The church in Smyrna, you know that church is hot, right? The persecuted church. <laughs> they were hot. <laughs> so I would he said, but it says um, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Most people don't like lukewarm water, right? You like your water either chilled or you like it hot. Okay, So if it's hot, you can make a tea with it and enjoy your tea or beverage. If it's cold and chilled, okay, yeah, you it's it comforts. But when it is in between lukewarm there, it's not it's not really so useful for anyone. It can't really you can't really use it for tea and then, then it can it doesn't really comfort you. It's the same thing Jesus is describing here. I wish you were either one of them. Okay, but you are because you are neither, I will spit you out of my mouth. It says you say I am rich. Okay, so Ladisia is is the center of commerce for the Roman Empire. Ladicia had so many, they were affluent. That's, that, that's the seat of affluence. They had so many riches. They sold gold. Ladicia was the seat of the, of the banking sector, what you would call like the, the Reserve Bank of the United States of America today. Yes, Ladicia was the, was the seat of that during the Roman Empire. And so they, they had so much. Okay, so one of the one of the, the wonderful things that Ladisha had, okay, um, that they sell, they exported to different nations, was this oil that they call Isaves. Isaves. Jesus is going to acknowledge it shortly. Okay, it could only be found. Okay, I think it, it was as a result of of the current and air pressure there. You know that this oil is found here. And I'm telling you, people come from all over the world to get that ointment from Laodicea. Okay, so Laodicea was very, very rich. Hmm? So now listen to what Jesus tells them. It says that, 17, you say I am rich. And they were actually richer because they were affluent. Okay, the nation was affluent. Naturally, the church too was affluent. They were the seat of the banking sector of that time. So everyone came to Laodicea. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Wow. This one is harsh. So maybe you want to decide who received the harshest, the harshest uh, rebuke. Was it the saddest judge? Or the Laodicean church because Jesus said, I prefer what if you were cold, I would have known what to do. Okay, so now that you are lukewarm, he says, You are wretched, you are miserable and poor, you are blind and naked. Okay, so it means that this church had fallen into a trap the trap of being overconfident in what they have. They had begun to rely 
on the physical things, the wealth that they had. They had not looked away, looked away from God. He says, look, you are poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me. Buy gold from me. There is gold from God that is not the riches that you are chasing after. We call this true riches. Buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. When something is purified by fire, Jesus is talking about persecution. <laughs> he says, look, um, when you, when you, you, your riches have come from standing on on your integrity standing on character that's good that have been purified by fire it says then you will be rich it says also buy white garment from me so that you will not be, be be shamed by your nakedness buy white garment from me to cover your nakedness it is an ointment for your eyes so you will be able to see <laughs> so this ointment is what we call eye salves you know, you put it on your eyes to correct a lot of eye defects. And Jesus was telling them that, look, I am the one that has the real eye salves that you can use. Okay. And that eye salves comes from coming to me. This church has become blinded by affluence. They have become blinded by their riches, by what they have been able to gather. Okay. And this is big lessons for us. Okay, big lessons for us. How do we as a church overcome the law, the entrapment of riches? Because it deceives. It deceives. It helps you. It makes you put your confidence in your riches. But when you follow Jesus' advice here, he says, look, you say you are rich. You are not rich. But I have rich to gi- riches to give you. He says, so I advise you, verse 18, advise you to buy gold from me gold that has been purified by fire when you have that kind of riches i'm telling you your total trust will be in jesus hallelujah 19 i correct and discipline everyone i love so be diligent and turn from your indifference i correct and discipline everyone i love if god disciplines you it is proof that god loves you if god corrects you it is proof that God loves you. 20. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. And I will share a meal together. And we will share a meal together. A meal together as friends. Since those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat and sat with my father on his on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Hallelujah. All right. So that concludes the, the seven letters to the seven churches. There are lessons that we can learn from each church. Remember again, the dispensationalist style of interpretation tells us that, look, these are lessons that we can learn from, from the churches. Just look at your life and ask yourself questions. Does any of this, you know, does they, do they apply to you? Are you like the Laodicean church, okay, who think that they are rich, who have begun to put their trust in riches, in what they have been able to ac- accumulate, rather than put your trust in God? Are you like the church in Sardis that is, that is dead, okay, 
as dead, totally dead, has allowed the word to enter into them. Are you like that, church? Okay, big lessons for us. My prayer is that we will not miss it in the mighty name of Jesus. Remember again, I said the dispensationist tells us that, look, these are also the church years, okay, that will come. And I say, I feel that the Philadelphia church is the church that will be around where Jesus comes back. This is the church that was not so strong. It says, yet they stayed, they stayed true. It says, you have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Okay, so this is not the time that we deny Jesus. He says, look, I have placed before you an open door. Even though you have so much resistance from the synagogue of Satan and all, he says, I am coming soon. And I have placed before you an opportunity to take part in the rapture. I think that this is talking to us. Okay, this is talking to the church, the dispensation in which we are living. I pray for us again. None of us will miss the rapture. All of us will be ready in the name of Jesus. So please, uh, just you can you can do your own personal study. Just write out each of the churches, their names, what Jesus said to them, their weaknesses and their strength and the lessons to learn from them. I'm telling you, just you can literally laminate it and keep it somewhere and read it again and again and again and allow it totally transform your life. Father, we say thank you. I want us to begin to pray today like the Lord, like the church in Philadelphia. We'll pray about two, two church this morning. The, the Laodicean church and the church in Philadelphia. Yes, the Laodicean church was that church that was not hot, was not cold. Lord, help me this morning to stay hot for you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Will you pray that prayer for yourself? And like the Philadelphia church, Father, Strengthen me this morning to stand for my faith as a Christian. Lord, strengthen me so that I will not miss you. I will not miss the rapture. Let's pray those two prayers this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. Thank you because we will not miss you. We will not miss the rapture by your grace. We give you all the praise this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.